Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. No shoes, no shirt, no pants, no problem. It's radio. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly broadcast. And we're back on Thursday night. Hey, it seems like more than a week since I was last here talking to you, and I'm back from Kansas City. Tonight's show, I'm going to reflect a little bit on the Dublin shape, talk about inspirational pipe shapes and pipe parts. Later on, my guest is the maker of Edwin Pipes. We will be talking to Chris Edwin Barber. Music, because summertime is here. Mailbag, rant, everything that you're used to. And we're back on our uh, happy spot here on Thursday night. Coming to you from the Smokefield Studio built here in my office just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey, guess what? Bachelor pad at my house. Bachelor pad at my house. Uh, anyway, wife's out of town for a couple of days last night, tonight, tomorrow night. And then I uh, got a weekend planned away, so uh, bachelor pad. Soon as I'm done with the show, I'm going home. I'm hooking up the old PlayStation to the big screen TV. Going to sit down and play some video games because uh, nobody's around to tell me not to. Anyway, had a great trip to Kansas City. Lots of fun. Had a great time. Glad to see a lot of regular listeners out there. Hope everybody caught up on the show on Wednesday. I do want to say the uh, weather in Kansas City, uh, I can handle the heat, I can handle the humidity, but boy, there were some blustery winds at some times. Uh, Some of the wind was blowing so hard that you'd see uh, cups dancing across the tables and ashes flying all over the place, but anyway... Great time had by all. Wonderful. Glad to see uh, a lot of uh, a lot of active club members in that Kansas City Pipe Club. Got to spend time with my uh, buddy Greg Pease. Greg, thank you for the sourdough bread. It was wonderful. And uh, got to hang out with Kevin. Russ was there. Great time with everybody. So, all right, let's get the show going. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Here we go. Hi, this is Morgan Freeman. I wish I could tell you that you weren't listening to the Pipes Magazine radio show. I wish I could tell you that. But you are, so enjoy the program. I like that. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Welcome back. All right, so in pipe parts, this is kind of inspired by looking at the North American Pipe Carvers Contest entries over the last four years that I've seen now. Uh, The first one that they did four years ago or four shows ago was the Volcano Shape. Then they've done a billiard, or or, I'm sorry, not a billiard, a panel pipe. The pipe had to have panels on it somewhere. They did a Bulldog 
based contest, and this year was the Dublin. So here's what happens. The club suggests a theme, and then the pipe makers have to incorporate that theme into their pipe. Then the pipe makers send in the pipes. This is all for North American pipe carvers only, and it's to help promote the uh, the artisans or the uh, smaller pipe makers out there. Now, in the past two years, I have seen personally, in the two years prior, I've seen personally all the entries for the panel pipe and all the entries for the bulldog and all the entries now for the Dublin shape. I saw the winners, and again, this weekend in Kansas City, they had all four of the sets lined up next to each other so you could take a look at them. I got a chance to look at them, and I and I wanted to say, and it, it started to make me thinking, so that's why I'm going to uh, pontificate or uh, preach on this or have a little discussion, a little storytelling about this. The, uh, the grouping from this year, the Dublin-shaped bowl, which happens to be one of my two favorite shapes, was less inspiring than... What I remember in the past from the bulldog and the panel, from the the total entrance, all the pipes that entered into the contest, just seemed a little lackluster, a little less inspired. So it got me thinking, maybe it was something with the Dublin shape. Now, we all know that the Dublin shape, the pipe has to be wider at the top and narrower at the bottom. There were, a, there was a, it was okay to, angle the bowl any way you wanted to, make it any height you wanted to. There was no height or angle requirements. But there were a few folks that entered some pipes that, in my opinion, completely missed it. They were not Dublin-shaped bowls. Uh, There was just a lack of inspiration in a handful of the pipes that were there. So what made me think about this was, I looked at my own sales here, and I sell a factory pipe that we order by shape code, so I can we sell it by shape code, so I can see exactly what we sell sh- what we sell shape wise. There we go, got that one out. Uh, we sell a bent Dublin. The bent Dublin is not one of our better selling shapes. Another shape that shows up low on the shape list is our Prince shape and our pot shape. Now, I personally, I own a Prince or two. I own one pot. Not my favorite shapes. They've got their time and place for me in my rotation, but not my favorite shape. So it made me think, all right, what is it that, what is it that I like about the Dublin shape? The other style that I like is just a, a, a Lavat billiard. I like long shanks on billiard bowls um why is the dublin not such a popular shape well i think it all comes down to this it all comes down to personal preference it really does i mean pipe smoking is about personal preference pipe making is about art form and i think when you force a artist into a pipe making set that maybe he's not the most familiar with they get a little cautious uh for me personally i like a dublin i think the dublins are very comfortable to hold i think they're very cool to smoke because you've got a lot of wood up towards the top 
when I looked at the pipes that I saw that were submitted for the contest, I found some shapes that were very well done, but basically not real inspired. So what is it that makes you like a pipe? What is it that makes you like a certain shape over the other? Last week when we were talking to Ben, Ben said that he likes very stylized or kind of edgy looking pipes. Is that his personality coming through in a pipe? Does your personality come through in the shapes that you tend to like? I can tell you that I don't like a big heavy taper in on the bowl. Although one of the pipes that I did buy is a a little Lavat that I bought over the weekend that's got a little bit of a taper to it. The other pipe that I bought, an old GBD billiard, posted pictures of it on my uh, on my Facebook page. It's just a straight up and down classic English billiard. So my my tastes kind of bounce around, but I'm I'm wondering maybe you guys can tell me. Post them on the forums. Tell me what it is that you think why you like or lean towards one shape over the other. Uh, I think the Dublin does look a little goofy if it's on a uh, straight pipe because it looks. It looks a little out of balance or looks a little front heavy. I think the Dublin leans it leans itself more towards a bent pipe. And uh, I don't have a lot of bents in my collection, though they're getting more and more. But that's just my thoughts. I'm trying to, trying to think this through. Certain shapes are more popular. The Bulldog's always been a very popular selling shape. The Billiard has always been a very popular selling shape, and then some shapes come in and out of fashion. Uh, right now, with work, we're selling a lot of our volcano shapes. So I think it becomes stylish at times, and people catch on or start looking at something that they like. Post in the forums what it is that you like about the shapes that you smoke. I will say that as somebody who owns a handful of Dublin's, You do have to be careful when you get down towards the bottom because that bottom of the bowl is going to cone in and you might get a little bit of a thin wall spot down there. But enough of me uh, preaching or just rambling on about pipe shapes and my own thoughts about it. Let's get a real pipe maker in here. We'll be back in just a minute. Thank you for calling SmokingPipes.com. This is Barry. How can I help you? Meet Barry. He's our homegrown, all-American family guy in customer service here at SmokingPipes.com. With 25 years of experience in sales, his dedication to customer service makes Barry pretty handy around here. He's on the phone all day helping customers like you from all over the globe pick out great pipes and pipe tobacco. Ciao, Barry. Tell me about your selection of a Savinelli autograph. Don't you know I saw that list of tobacco you carry online there. Maybe you could help me pick out a good Virginia, eh? You see, we hire not only the best people, we hire people who are as passionate about our products as you are. Just ask Barry why he loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Because I don't just help people choose from our great selection of pipes, I smoke them. Call us at 1-888-366-0345 or check us out online at SmokingPipes.com. We are quality, we are experts, we are SmokingPipes.com. This is Internet Radio. Please welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show, uh, pipe maker, outdoorsman. We're going to get into a whole bunch more of it, but Chris Edwin Barber, maker of Edwin Pipes. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks, Brian. It's fun to be here. 
So I have to admit, and this is part of the chaos of the Chicago Pipe Show, I did Mm -hmm. not get a chance to see your pipes or see your table. Um, I did, however, get to see the pipe that was entered in the Kansas City, uh, in the Kansas City Club's. uh, Oh, good. In their in their contest. The Dublin contest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The the infamous Dublins. Uh, yes. Tell me where'd you where'd you grow up? Let's go all the way back to the beginning. Okay. Well, uh, I'm from Minnesota. I'm pretty much most of my whole life was uh, spent in the Twin Cities, either in uh, the suburbs of Minneapolis or the suburbs of St. Paul, uh, with the exception of about a seven year stint in Europe, where I lived in the Bavarian Alps for uh, for a time. Did you learn how to yodel? <laughs> No, I didn't uh, didn't learn, didn't take that lesson, but uh, I heard a lot of it while I was there. What were you doing in the, in the Alps? I had a job where in the winter I was a, a uh, ski instructor, and in the summer I was a whitewater rafting guide, so it was a pretty fun time. So, so during the winter time you'd ski on the you'd ski on the snow, and then during the summer time you were floating down the melt off. That's exactly right. Yep. So, as I said, outdoorsman, uh, and that's also when you first got a, got exposed to pipe smoking? Uh, well, you know, as a kid growing up, uh, from time to time you'll come across uh, someone smoking a pipe, either walking past you at the state fair or outdoors someplace, and it always struck me how, how good it smelled. Um, but in Bavaria, the pipe smoking is a lot more popular than it is uh, in the United States, or at least was at that time. Uh, and so I was exposed a little more to it in Bavaria. And on your website, you describe your first experience with a pipe, but tell us, tell us what happened. Yeah, well, it smelled so good. You know, this guy walked past, and, and the, the room note of the tobacco that he was smoking was a kind of uh, like a campfire with maybe just the faintest hint of cherry. I, I don't know what it was, but it just smelled wonderful. And I thought to myself, you know, I would like to have that smoke, uh, that room note, around me all the time. And so I went to a buddy who I knew smoked a pipe, and I borrowed his pipe and some of his tobacco, you know, and the pipe was probably something he picked up for uh, for pennies someplace, and the tobacco was, you know, his grandfather's from sometime around the turn of the century, and so I poured a big bowl of it and lit it up and absolutely hated it. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, it just it kind of drives home the point uh, how important a good tobacco and a good pipe are for the whole smoking experience. So did you keep at it then, or did you quit and come back later? It, you know, my first impression was so powerful that, that I put it to the side and, and didn't come back to it um, for a long, long time. And it wasn't until after I, I came back, uh, back to the United States, that... Uh, I was really taught what good tobacco and a good pipe will do for the smoking experience. And that was, uh, that was in 1995 when I came back. Well, who taught you how to smoke a pipe? Um, no one really. I mean, uh, there's all kinds of information on uh, how to pack a pipe and uh, how to do it, you know, on YouTube, if you look. And, uh, I watched a lot of those videos and, uh, just talked to some people and, uh, uh, you know, you just you just pick it up in little bits and pieces here and there. So now we fast forward. You're back here in the states. You're smoking a pipe. What kind of pipes did you start out with when when you finally learned how? 
oh boy, um, cheap ones really that uh, maybe uh, had a good name. You know, there's a lot of grapes out there that uh, can be really good smokers. Um, but back at that time, you know, the, uh, the the cheap pipe was really the only option for me. And how long before you uh, graduated into not-so-cheap pipes? <laughs> um, well, yeah, that, that, that's a good question. Um, boy, I don't know. It's just... Uh, sounds, sounds like it was more of an evolution. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would have to, that's a good way to describe it. I, I can't really say there was one point where, uh, okay, now you really started changing your style to a different sort, sort of pipe, but uh, more of an evolution is a good way to say it, yeah. So now you're smoking pipes, and then you decide you want to try to make a pipe. Well, I was fascinated by pipes for so long that uh, originally I started refurbishing pipes and, um, you know, buying and selling off of eBay uh, buying old ones that were in really rough shape and uh, fishing them up and buy low, sell high. <laughs> and uh, that ended up paying for a lot of my tools in the shop. And um, it also kind of taught me what you really want to look for in a, or what makes a good pipe, what doesn't make a good pipe. Uh, it taught me to recognize the flaws in, in uh, some of the craftsmanship. Um, it taught me... Um, you know, a little bit about the lines, a little bit about the grain. Um, and so after, uh, you know, a long, a long time of uh, refurbing pipes, I, I thought, I, I think I can do this. And so I bought a block of briar and uh, made my first pipe. And ever since then, I haven't refurbished a single one. I found that it's, it's a lot funner to uh, create than it is to repair. Can we go back to the refurbing for a minute? Tell what were some of the things that you saw inside pipes that you just wondered, all right, this is what are they doing? Well, um, a common one was uh, the tenon was a little too short. It kind of left a gap inside the shank, and I saw when that happened a lot, the tars would kind of uh, start to accumulate there, and yeah. um, that could kind of make a real mess. If, if someone wasn't constantly cleaning out that little gap in there, um, you know, you get this old pile of tar in there that isn't good for the smoke. Did you ever run across any straight pipes that wouldn't take a pipe cleaner? Oh, let me think. Of course, less, much less common than the than the bent pipes, but yeah, there were some. I mean, sometimes in order to get a specific pipe that I had my eye on, I would buy a lot of pipes. Uh, not a lot of pipes, but a pipe lot, rather. Yeah. And uh, and so you're, you're kind of stuck with what you get, all these extra pipes that you have, just because you wanted to buy one, one single pipe out of the batch. And uh, some of those may not have been the greatest pipes. And so from time to time, you might see a straight pipe that uh, is pretty shoddy in craftsmanship. My wife used to call them those box of, <laughs> that box of pipes over in the corner of the garage. What are you doing with those? Exactly. I, I have that box in my basement right now. And I used them for uh, crash test dummies. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Practice uh, stamping with pra Practice buffing them. Yeah, exactly. Try out the new buffer. So when you first start, you, you, you start off making your first pipe, 
did you when you were looking at those pipes and when you were looking at what you were wanting to make for your first pipe or your first couple of pipes were there pipe makers that or styles that inspired you oh absolutely um you know with this resurgence of pipes and pipe smoking that we're seeing in america there are a lot of really exciting pipe makers out there especially uh you know the young american generation you know uh, jeff grasick from jay allen adam remington grant batson uh, Nathan Armantrout, Tyler Beard, you know, there's just a bunch of these new and upcoming pipe makers. Uh, you know, I don't want to say upcoming. Some of them have been doing it for, you know, 10 years or more. But but these are young guys, and they are legit, you know. And so uh, I used to just spend a lot of time pouring over their sites, looking at their pipes. And um, every once in a while, one would just catch my eye, and I would say, I'm going to try to make something like that. And off I would go, you know, and... I would uh, start trying to emulate one pipe or another, and during the creation process, you know, I would shift a, a, a line or, or an angle a little bit and uh, just kind of give it my own twist and uh, ended up coming up with something similar but a little different. We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, I'm going to ask you some specific questions about a few pipes that you've got on your website. So we'll be back in just a minute. need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favourite blends outside of the US? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favourite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the US and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We are back. Chris is still with me. He hasn't hung up on me yet, which is always a good sign. <laughs> uh, Chris, I want to talk about a couple of pipes in particular that are on your website. The website okay. is Edwin Pipes, E-D-W-I-N Pipes.com. That's correct. What I like is the gallery of the past pipes. In particular, the one that jumped out at me is the Rustic Freehand. Okay. Can you just... Talk me through what you were thinking. It looks yeah. it looks like there's a whole bunch of inspiration of former pipe makers in there, and I just talk talk me through it. Okay, yeah, it uh, it kind of looks a little J.R.R. Token. Um, well, we spoke a minute ago about um, you know getting inspiration from other pipe makers, and at one point I wondered what would happen if I made a pipe just you know starting from scratch, my own creation. And uh, that's kind of the outcome, what you see there. And it's it's very different. And um, I brought that one with me to the Chicago Pipe Show, and it was a lot of fun to see what people thought of it as they as they saw it. It is different enough where it's it's one of those pipes that you either just love it or or you don't. You don't like it at all. And so uh, I got uh, comments, everything from garish to I think the the term was. Um, wonderfully charming, and uh, it, it was just kind of exciting for me to see uh, two ends of the spectrum uh, in terms of opinion on, on one specific pipe. Matt, what's on the stem? Is is that briar that was on the on the stem? That's yeah, that's briar. It's uh, kind of made in 
insert, um, but it's kind of an insert, you know, an insert um, on drugs. You know? <laughs> um, the sides of it show off uh, a little bit of the flame grain, and then the top has uh, kind of a rustic uh, bird's eye-ish uh, look to it. And then from that, you can kind of see this the uh, M&A stem extending uh, out toward the button of the, of the end of the stem. Is that briar that's on the stem, is that from the same block that was of the pipe? Uh, let me think. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yep. Some of the, uh, some of the briar that I cut off uh, to, to accommodate the shape of the bowl itself is, is what's used there. Because from looking at the pictures, and I didn't see the pipe in person, uh, but from looking at the pictures, it almost looks like a natural growth out of the shank. Yeah, yeah, it's um, almost tree root looking, and uh, it's uh, it's kind of kind of interesting. It's it's different enough that it definitely catches your eye. And it's ten inches long. Yeah, it's a big pipe, mm-hmm. and with a matching tamper. <laughs> yes, yep. now, yeah, and that tamper is also made from the same block of briar. Now the other one that kind of that kind of jumped out at me was the balancing egg. Okay, um, now that one was uh, variations of a theme. Um, Jeff Grasick from J. Allen Pipes made uh, what he called a balancing Dublin, which it was a beautiful pipe made for, I assume, a, uh, a customer of his, and it jumped out and grabbed my eye as well, and, and um, I thought uh, I want to try to make one just like that, and so uh, that that was the outcome that you see right there. And it actually balances on that foot? It does, yeah. It sits with the bowl up off the ground and uh, the shank and the stem up off the ground, and that foot is what holds it up. If you put too much tobacco in it, does it lean forward? You know, I uh, I made it uh, so that it leans back. It just almost wants to fall over on the stem, but it stays up. Uh, and I did that on purpose so that when you load it, uh, with a bowl full of tobacco, then it is perfectly balanced. All I can say is, wow. <laughs> yeah, and I was lucky enough. It was a pretty decent uh, block of briar as well, so I was really pleased with how the grain turned out on that one. Now, not not just I'm not just highlighting a couple of your more extreme shapes. I want to also mention that you you make some great looking just. Your very your version or variation on some somewhat traditional shapes. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's interesting, you know. As you uh, develop as a carver, there are certain things that uh, that come easy and certain things that do not come easy. And and for me, the wood is something that came easy. I've done a lot of uh, woodworking projects growing up and was familiar with the tools. Um, the ebonite, you know, was was a uh, a new material for me, so that was a lot more challenging. Um, but it's been really fun to learn that part of the craft and um, just kind of from pipe to pipe just uh, watch the, the changes in my own style happen. Now, was this past Chicago, was that your first show showing your pipes? Yes. Yep, yep, that was the first show. And um, originally I was going to just go down and um, do the pre-show, you know, where you can just go to the table and set up for that one, the, the Friday morning thing. Um, and then I was just going to Rome Saturday and Sunday and look at all the pipes that were out there. Um, but the pipe club from Minnesota that I am a member of, the Great Northern uh, Pipe Club, had a table with a little extra room 
on it, and they allowed me to uh, to show my pipes there on Saturday and Sunday, and so I was able to uh, to sell my first pipe there. I don't know if you remember that show, but there was uh, a calendar of uh, burlesque uh, women smoking pipes. That was the uh, Great Northern uh, Pipe Club table, and so I was right next to the, the calendar girls, so it was uh, pretty good foot traffic. Then I have an excuse for not noticing you. I don't know what occurs. It brought the foot traffic, but the eyes uh, were kind of on the calendars. Now you do you do pre-carb all your pipes. Uh, you also <laughs> decided to use your middle name. I did, yeah. I uh, I just thought it sounded better. I mean, um, somehow it sounds more classy. I mean, my first name is Chris, and you know, think about that. He's smoking a Chris pipe. You know, that's a, that's a Chris pipe. You know, and it, to me, it sounds like something you would dip in soapy water and blow bubbles with. <laughs> but uh, Edwin, I don't know, it just sounds to me a little classier. And uh, I wanted a little classier image for the pipe because I'm pretty proud of the pipes that I make. And uh, so I just thought that fit the bill a little better. Now, you spell your you, you spell Chris with a K. Is that Scandinavian heritage? I'm told it is. I, I don't think I was really named after anyone. I don't know if there's a story behind it, but yeah, it's K-R-I-S and uh, it, it fools people from time to time. See, I, I'm looking at your pipes and talking to you and I thought Edwin sounds like a, more, of a, more of a British name, yet your pipes mm-hmm. definitely have more of a Danish handmade flair to them. They do, yeah. I would have to say uh, the Danish flair is, is Probably mostly what catches my eye. Um, I like the curves and the free-flowing lines. And um, originally, when I, uh, you know, the first couple of pipes that I made, those were the ones that uh, that I tried to emulate. Now, besides making pipes, since this is not your full-time job, what else do you do? Uh, well, I do a lot of uh, bicycling. Um, I'm an avid cyclist, and I work in the the, uh, the bicycle industry. I work for a, a company called Head Cycling Products, that's spelled H-E-D, and uh, we make bicycle wheels that, that uh, the professionals use. Lance Armstrong used some of our wheels in the Tour de France. And um, it's funny, there's, there's, you know, on its surface, there's not a lot of uh, similarities between uh, making pipes and making bicycle wheels. But when you delve a little deeper and you think about it, um, the people who immerse themselves in the in, in riding bicycles and the people who immerse themselves in smoking pipes, both uh, both groups really expect to see um, quality. And uh, there's a big difference between shoddy work and um, really good elite caliber work. Uh, and so in that sense, uh, you know, you kind of take the same meticulousness and the same attention to detail um, that you use in these professional elite bicycle wheels and put it toward a craft like uh, making pipes and uh, the people who uh, are experienced enough to recognize the difference really do appreciate it. How much is one wheel? Uh, well, anywhere from uh, $1,500 to $2,000 for a single wheel. So you work for a company that reinvented the wheel. <laughs> you might say that, yeah. And in your part-time thing, you make pipes that have been around for hundreds of years. Yeah, it's interesting. I guess I never uh, thought of it that way. But yeah, you're right. 
I do know that cyclists are extremely passionate, and uh, I know a few pipe smokers around the world that are extremely passionate about pipe smoking. So, yeah, yeah, a little bit of crossover there, maybe. <laughs> price doesn't the price doesn't surprise me. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's kind of the same thing. You get bit by that bug, and you just immerse yourself in it. And we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answers, no wrong answers, short answer, long answer, doesn't matter. Are you ready? I'm ready. What's your favorite pipe? That depends on when you ask me. It changes about every 10 minutes. You know, <laughs> uh, I mentioned how I pour over pictures of uh, different pipes on the Internet, and every once in a while one will jump out and grab my eye, and I would say, say to myself, if I were to make myself a pipe right now, that would be it. And then uh, 10 minutes later... Uh, wait a minute, that's the one. Um, so it changes so frequently, but I have to say I do lean toward the Danish style. What's your favorite tobacco? I am most attracted to a good room note. And so uh, right now I would have to say I like the uh, the smell of the aromatics, um, but not the fruity ones. Something a little darker, like uh, black gold maybe from Milan. And what's your favorite drink? I'm an equal opportunity drinker. Uh, I do like gin and tonics. I like micro beers. Um, but I'd have to say right now, a good Italian red wine is probably at the top of the list. And what's your favorite thing to do while smoking a pipe? Uh, boy, that's tough to say. Um, probably just uh, visit with friends, I would say. I, I'm glad you didn't say riding your bike. And now, where's your favorite place to smoke your pipe? Well, that one's kind of hard to answer. I would have to say it could really be anywhere. Um, you know, you could be in the best pipe-smoking place in the world, and if you're with people who are unpleasant, then uh, the whole experience isn't very, very fun. Um, but, you know, you could be in the neighborhood rendering plants and uh, having a bowl, and if the people around you are uh, real exciting and uh, fun people to be with, then the whole experience can be uh, just a, a great time. That's probably the best answer I've heard to that question. <laughs> Excellent. With that, I'll say thank you for joining us, folks. Check out the pipes. It's edwinpipes.com. Chris, I will make sure and see you in Chicago, I promise. Thanks so much, Brian. Great to talk to you. We'll be back in just a minute. This is Internet Radio. I'm not just a pipe smoker. I'm a Meerschaum pipe smoker. All of my pipes come from MeerschaumStore.com. They've been in business for 50 years, and I can trust that there will be no hassles. Orders are processed and shipped fast, and they have every shape you can imagine, including calabash, claws, dragons, horror, even a sexy series. MeerschaumStore.com, the most trusted Meerschaum store for 50 years. We'll be back to the show in just a moment, but now, random, random thoughts, thoughts or what the f*** is he thinking? If vegetables are so good for you, how come you never see a hundred-year-old rabbit? See, I told you. And now, back to our show. For music tonight, we complete the cycle of the seasons with professor-composer... Dr. Dan Locklear, pipe smoker. We're going to do the Slovak Radio Symphony's version of Symphony of the Seasons. This is the summer movement. 
I can almost hear the kids playing out in the summertime and then hearing the buildup of the uh, afternoon thunderstorms that are very common here in the southeast. So that's Dan Locklear's Symphony of the Seasons. That's the summer movement in celebration of the recent summer solstice. All right, let's jump right into the mailbag. Most of this is going to be a review of a little bit of what happened in Kansas City. Once again, thank you to uh, Greg Pease for the loaf of sourdough bread direct from San Francisco. Always a treat. There is only one and only one place to get sourdough bread from, and that is some of the greatest bakeries in San Francisco. Uh, Mike McNeil of McClellan Tobacco cracked open a 99-year-old can of Craven A cigarettes. Got to smoke two of them. The aroma coming off the end of those cigarettes was dramatically better than anything I've ever smelled out of a cigarette. It actually smelled better to me off the burning tip than the taste did from puffing on the cigarette. These were also the first uh, cigarettes ever to have a cork tip on it so that your lips didn't stick to it. I'd always thought that Marlboro kind of invented that. Uh, The Pipe Show was very well attended. Once again, lots of listeners of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Thank you to all of you. Uh, Lowell, nice to see you. Yeah, there wasn't a... um, there wasn't a large selection of tobacco available at the uh, pipe show. And I did, I'm looking for a couple of specific vintage tobaccos, but there uh, wasn't anything there that tripped my trigger either. Uh, wonderful comments on Ben. Ben is a uh, great young asset to the pipe smoking community. We've been chatting back and forth since then. He is, uh, he's a good kid. And, uh, All his work on the forums is much appreciated. Hope you all enjoyed uh, Rick Newcomb's little audio clip there. We've got a couple more coming up. And I've got some uh, poetry coming up over the summer. So we're going to break it up a little bit with the music. And we'll have some uh, different kinds of entertainment there in that uh, little segment there. So with that, we'll be back in just a minute with uh, Rant Time. There's nothing quite like a good book, or my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. See for yourself at corncobpipe.com. and rave at the same time rant and rave at the same time i'm going to give it a try because it's about the double tree hotel in overland park kansas rant first are you ready for this hey don't clean the only men's room in the entire area near two different meetings going on one breakfast meeting in one room and then a pipe show in the other room both are going on at the same time it's 9 15 in the morning don't clean the only men's room in the entire area that seems like a little bit of a stupid time to do that but that's the rant here's the rave though that double tree hotel wonderful bed 
I can't explain how nice that bed was, and I've slept in a lot of hotel beds, but man, I'll tell you, every night, yeah, I was a little tired, but every night, I'd lay down in that bed, get perfectly comfortable right away, close my eyes, and be out like a light, wake up bright and refreshed early in the morning, sometimes even right before the alarm clock went off. So, there you go, rant and rave all at the same time, Great beds at that uh, double tree in Overland Park, Kansas. So, I did it. I ranted and raved at the same time. I do want to say, hey, make sure and follow me on Facebook. Look me up, Brian Levine. Check out my Disney Tabacchiana collection on Facebook. Want to learn more about a little bit of history and uh, pipe collecting? My entire Disney Tabacchiana collection is up there on its own Facebook page. Listen, want to learn more about Disney stuff? I got a chance to sit down and have lunch with a friend of mine that does a podcast that I absolutely love. It's all Disney-related. It's called Wedway Radio, W-E-D-W-A-Y, Wedway Radio. They have their own website, wedwayradio.com. It's also available on iTunes. Nate and Matt do a wonderful job of uh, digging into the history of the Disney company, and uh, they've pulled up some stuff that I don't know. Wonderful guys. Good research into the history and all different aspects of the Disney company, so check them out. While you're on iTunes, please make sure and leave us a review or a rating. We definitely appreciate that. That does help the show get found. Post any comments you got about the show in the forums or put them right there on iTunes. I do check those out all the time. If you would like to advertise... On the Pipes Magazine radio show, please contact Kevin Godby at PipesMagazine.com. With that, we're back next week, Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and I will say, until next time, Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy trails to the Celebrity voices are impersonated. Of course they are. Do you think this little show could afford all their big budgets just to do these little endorsements? you got to be crazy. These guys would charge us millions and millions of dollars just to say a few things like that, and of course they're impersonated.